And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to another edition of Red Side of the Trent, here to discuss the 1-1 results against Bournemouth, where Sam Surridge, late equaliser, stole a point away from the Cherries. I am joined ever as by Reese Lane and Lee Cock. No Christian Brown, he's away in Prague, doing Prague things. Uh, so we've we've drafted in Twitter's own Callum Castell. Callum, how are you? Are you, are you well? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. A little bit better um, after the equaliser. I was a bit of a bit of a wreck during the game, but I'm good now, thank you. Yeah, so we'll, we'll start with you, Callum, as you're, uh, you're our guest uh, this week. So, uh, Forrest started, obviously, Hennessy had to come in goal for, for Henderson. Obviously, his injury's going to keep him out for a little bit. Bolly, surprisingly, come in, and, and Chris Wood for a debut. No Dennis, Tuflo, O'Brien in the squad, Lingard and Danilo in. Thoughts on, on all those things? Yeah, it was a, it was a little bit difficult, wasn't it? I didn't know. Um, I I know that Steve Cooper said Lingard wasn't too far off. I'm not too surprised he didn't come off the bench, but um, I was surprised that Bolly was uh, willing to go again. To be fair, um, and you could see he was he was still coming back a little bit from uh from the injury, come back a little bit quicker than was expected, I think. But everything else, I was surprised to see Chris Wood start. To be honest, um. But I think that presence, that strength and everything like that is what Cooper wanted. He kind of changed things up against Bournemouth at home, didn't he? Where he, uh, he put Koyate in in the middle. I think that was one of the first times we saw him as well. So he obviously likes to have that big aerial strong presence up against Bournemouth who've got that themselves. So um, I was surprised to see him, but it kind of makes sense. Uh, it made sense at the time anyway. But um, yeah, there were some good changes, some positives with injuries coming back. Obviously, we've got a few that are out for a while as well. So it's just um, working within our means and just trying to keep everyone fit. And obviously Yates, he's gone off as well. Um, but yeah, just shuffling the pack. We just need to get a full squad back at some point. Um, 
and maybe make some more moves in January. But overall, good point on the road. So you can't really complain with the changes too much. Yeah, just with your your writer's cap on here and, and Dennis not being in the squad, would you would you probably cast him as uh, someone that's probably going to leave the club this month? We've yeah, all said that well, before. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to try. Um, it's difficult, obviously, because he's played for Watford um, and Forest, so it's just trying to find him the club. But yeah, he's, it's not been. Um, <clears throat> he's not had a glamorous time with his disease. His decision making's been a bit all over the place every time we've seen him, and I think that's one thing that will that will grind uh, the gaffer the most. I think he likes his. He likes the experience and he likes to kind of um, improve young players. And Dennis is a little bit in between both of those things. And when he's just coming on and he's, he's not making the best kind of decisions, um, <clears throat> it's been reported anyway. So I think, yeah, I think they're going to try their best to. It just depends if they can find a suitor. Um, and it's been a few weeks since it's been reported. So it's obviously it's obviously a little bit difficult and trying to get most of the money back for him and everything like that. But I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised he was left out of the squad after getting... Uh, Chris Wooden, the new striker. Yeah, we're going to start off with the game, Lee. Um, obviously, you and I couldn't make it. Reese was Reese was the only one that could go. Well, managed to get a ticket. The lucky thirteen hundred. Um, it was a good start for Forrest. I thought we started off pretty pretty quickly. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White had an early chance. Nice move down the right hand side. Cut back from Aurier to the penalty spot and good save from from Neto. You'd say. Do you think Gibbs White should do better there? Um, not really. I don't. Uh, I don't think he could do much else with that. Um, I think it was just a good save, to be honest. Um, I, th- I think you spot on what you say. I-, I actually said at the time I was watching it with some friends, and I think we were the much the better side until the disallowed goal. Um, and do you know what? It's never really dawned on me the effect that the impact of a disallowed goal can perhaps have on a game. Um, but I think we saw it yesterday. I think. Up until that point, we were we were well on top, and I actually said if we score one now, we might get two or three today. Um, and I mean Ryan Yates must be pig sick at Willy Bolly getting toes and kneecaps <laughs> offside to rob him of goals. Um, but yeah, it was it completely it had the desired effect on the game because we went backwards and but it revved Bournemouth up to to kind of get their asses in gear, and it's that's just football. Um, that's just one of the the little I, I don't know what to call it. One of the little Negatives, I suppose, with VAR. Um, I mean, there's lots of little negatives with VAR, I suppose, isn't there? But yeah, it was just one of those situations where it, it just knocked us for six and we kind of felt sorry for ourselves a little bit, um, which it's going to do for a team. I think when you work that hard to get a goal, you've got the, the sheer euphoria of scoring a goal away from home, only to have it robbed off you through an offside call. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of the Gibbs White effort, it, it was a good save from the keeper and the game just kind of... I, I actually think if that game had taken place September, October, we might have lost it 2 or 3 nil to be honest, even mm. though it was only Bournemouth. Um, I thought we showed some... I'm sure we'll come on to it, but I thought we showed some real character to actually get back into the game and, and claim a point in the end. Yeah. Reese. obviously, you being in the ground, what was the feeling around, obviously, when Yates has headed that end? Was it was it a mutual feeling that it was going to get chalked off or or what? No, I mean, it was right in line with the away section um, and the lad who I travelled down with thought it was offside and I thought it was onside. So, um, obviously, when it was a really well-worked routine, you know, clipballing by Gibbs-White, Bollies added it back across. And then, as we've said on this pod quite a few times, Yates is always there, isn't he, to get in on the header. So, yeah, it was a really well-worked goal. But, you know, I've I've 
had a look at the highlights here and he's just off into Bali and it's, you know, we can talk about VAR for God knows but it's one of them isn't it now you get some you don't get some you know last weekend for example the linesman flagged you know it went to VAR and it got overturned this weekend the linesman hasn't flagged it's gone to VAR and it's been overturned the other way so it was just one of them things really but like Lee said it, it did give them a kick up the backside Bournemouth um, because we were on top until that moment and you did feel Really, yesterday, it's very, very cliche, and I think I've said it a thousand times, but it was really one of them games where whoever did get the first goal, you did feel it would give them something to cling on to. And, you know, Bournemouth did that for pretty much near enough the whole game until, obviously, Surridge um, struck late on, as we'll come on to. Would you criticise Bolly a little bit for making that earlier run? Because, for me, if he times it, he still wins the header anyway. I, I think... He's, he has to be a little bit smarter there. Nah, I think that's a little bit harsh um, because, as well, I, I guess where your point there would be fair is if it was a striker, maybe because they're used to trying to break the lines. Mm. Whereas, like a defender, you know, his job he'll see is to just win the header. You know, that's obviously a routine we worked on. Into it was a clip ball, and then it was either going to be Warrell or Bali wins the header. They had it across and, you know, someone gets the rebound and we've done that a few times, haven't we, in um, games this season. So, yeah, not not for me personally. Yeah. Lee, what have you got to say on the matter? Uh, I think that's quite interesting, actually. I always say that if a player's looking at the linesman, um, sorry, assistant referee, um, <laughs> I always say that um, it's kind of a schoolboy error if you're looking straight at him and you're still offside. But I think it's that close yeah. that in Bolly's mind, he'll be looking and thinking he's he's directly in line with him. I think it was literally, I think it was his toe this time. It was literally that mm. close. So I think, I think it would, if, I think it would be slightly to, harsh to call him. To, to kind yeah, of say I, th- I think if he was like a couple of yards offside, you could say, yeah, fair enough. But when he's literally like leaning to break the line like he has and he's like torso's kind of offside or whatever... Mm. Now nah, you can't really grumble at that. That's just one of them, unfortunately. And, mm. you know, we, we have to take it on the chin because, like I said last week, we got one that we didn't expect to get. Yeah. Callum, obviously uh, you've replaced Christian this week. And uh, this point that I'm going to make about Bournemouth's goal, uh, Christian would, was going to have a meltdown, as he did in the in our group chat, because he, he's blamed Worrell for, for the goal Bournemouth scored. Obviously... Their new sign in Oatra. I don't. I probably butchered that name. He he looks very very sharp and a, and a very good addition to to Bournemouth side. He he gave Lottie a, a bloody good game down that that side and his ball was cut back to Jaden Anthony and he's finished it off quite nicely. I thought into the corner. Do you think we could have done better with the defending there? Yeah, a little bit. I think um I think with most goals you can look at the defending, but it's it was sharp. They were quite sharp, like you said. I think it's Watara or something like that. But yeah, he's he's quite sharp down the wing and Bournemouth were going forward all day. And I think I do think Warrell could have got there a little bit quicker, but it's not something I'm it's not something I'm gonna kill him for. I think I was gonna I was gonna actually post his stats yesterday and his stats were actually like really impressive and clearance off the line and all that kind of stuff, but I knew that I'd get a lot of responses of uh, he was at blame for for the goal in the first place. So I think I think a lot of people would say that there was some blame, but I wouldn't give him too much stick for it. Um, 
it was just a really good touch and a really good finish. And it just happened in a, in a flash. I think Lottie could have done a little better. I think Bolly could have been positioned a little bit better as well. So it's a, it's a team effort, especially with the defending. But um, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing to concede that kind of goal, especially after the the offside. But um, Bournemouth were up for it. So uh, yeah, they were sharp. I wouldn't give too much to Wall for that. Yeah, I thought both wingers for Bournemouth were exceptionally good. I thought Aurier was probably one of his poor, probably his poorest game in a Forest shirt since he's signed. He got caught out. I think Jaden Anthony Anzamora gave him a torrid time, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, they were all over him. I think it, Lottie as well. It was one of his, it was one of his games, uh, and they're going to have it as well because Aurier hasn't really put a foot wrong since he came since he came into the starting lineup and. When you when you uh, when you got a player like that that's playing so well every game, they're bound to have an off game, and just unfortunately, it looked like both fullbacks did, and both of their wingers were up for it. So it was tough. Um, we we struggle away from home quite a lot, and Bournemouth were really up for it. I think it's something I've noticed a little bit is when the other team were up for it, which they usually are at home, we usually kind of struggle. Um, I feel like the we beat Southampton, they weren't up for it, and we got the point at Everton, um, and they, they weren't as up for it. So. We, we've just kind of got to get over and getting a point against Bournemouth and getting all three points against Southampton's breaking that away uh, voodoo anyway. So we, we are improving in that sense, but it's just uh, it's just trying to keep up with the with the home team when we're away. Yeah, definitely. Lee, we're going to move on to, I mean, Yates had a clear, had a cleared off the line. I think by Watcher, I think that's who, who Callum's mentioned as well. Maybe I'm not sure, but, but he, the, the header was poor in my honest opinion, but Yates come off the dizziness for the second week in a row. I mean, one, would you have started him? But two, let's talk about Danilo's debut. I mean, I don't think he expected to get on the pitch so soon, did he? No, I mean, it was a testament to the player. I thought he was really good. Um, And by really good, I I just think there's different factors that you can take into consideration for a player being really good. I mean, he was calm, he was composed. He didn't look like a rabbit in the headlights, um, which sometimes overseas players in a new league, a new environment. I mean, he's only been in in England for... A matter of days, hasn't he? So fair play to the lad. I thought he was really good. Um, should Yates have started? I mean, it's one of them things. Fans can speculate all the time, but these people behind the scenes who deal with the medical side of things are, are paid what they're paid to make those decisions. So I trust that he was. Um, let's face it. If you ask Ryan Yates if he's fit to play, if he's got one leg, he's going to say yeah, isn't he? So <laughs> yeah, you know, fair, we can't really knock him for that. I think. Um, they obviously felt he was right. Um, I, th- I don't know if you noticed it, Adam, watching it on the telly and Callum. Um, it seemed like he was mouthing to the physio. It's exactly the same as last week. So it sounds like a, a problem that they do need to kind of get serious with now and have a give him a proper, you know, run the rule over him properly. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was always going to start, wasn't he? He was deemed fit. But uh, Danilo looks like he can slot in if, if Yates does have to miss out in midweek. So... That is one positive to take from the the day. Yeah, we'll we'll go into a bit more into Danilo later on. But one of the funniest things I've seen, and I think Callum posted about Yates um, having his concussion kind of thing, and someone commented saying that he he reckons he had a mini heart attack against Leicester. So I'm not sure about that sort of accusation. But let's move on mm. to second half, Reese. Obviously, Forrest come out um a little bit braver i thought dominated possession in in large spells but bournemouth quick on the counter as as usual i think warrell being on that yellow card was a bit uh scary at times and Ori having a bit of a stinker unfortunately but i thought 
Scarpa getting introduced into the middle of the park was a stroke of genius. I just thought he was brilliant when he come on. Yeah, he, he just he just was a bit braver, like you said, Adam, and then he just tried to get us forward. Um, you know, I put at half time. Literally, the first half, Lodi was free so many times on the left side, and we we were just a bit too negative in terms of we'd look, but then we'd turn back and then we'd play the safe option. Whereas, you know, at times you've got to be a bit braver. I know it's probably the magnitude of the game, isn't it? Because it's two sides who are going to be down there, let's be honest. That's what it's going to look like. It's kind of like, as we saw with the playoff final, you don't want to get caught out, do you? And give, like we did to Bournemouth, something they can hold on to because they nearly did hold on to it. Um, to be to be fair to Aurier and Warwell, I thought Jaden Anthony was excellent for them. I thought um, I thought he was the best player on the pitch. Personally, I thought mm. every time he got the ball, he ran at us and he causes problems, and that's a testament to him. Um, like Callum said, you're you're going to get games when players have been at the level they're at and been playing consistently well every week. There is going to be weeks where they're not at that level. That's just the way football is. Even you know the best players have that. So. But uh, yeah, going back to Scarpa, like yeah, like like I said, just just that bit more braver and just getting us a bit more forward and yeah, forty come and then you kind of add that little trio, didn't you, on the left hand side? So, like Scarpa was playing on like the left side of midfield area. Obviously, you had Dineo in the CDM role and Lodi that side as well. So I don't know if I'm just surmising, you know, the Brazilian trio like, but they seem to have a little bit of chemistry and they got down that side a few times and. You know, um, like Lee said earlier in his other comment, he's something I put in our group chat. That was a game three months ago. We lost 2 0. Would have chased the game, would have got caught and lost 2 0. And it, it's a testament to showing um, we're not probably, um, we're not amazing at by all means away from home, but we are getting that gradually that little bit better. Um, so, yeah, it was um, a decent point in the end yesterday. Would you be interested to see Scarpa, Danilo and Freudo as a midfield three in the future at all? Because I, I quite like that experiment, <laughs> if it was an experiment. Um, I guess it all depends on the opposition, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It's easy to chuck Scarpa in when you're chasing a game against Bournemouth who are going to, like I said, sit on something. If it's against a better team, like, for example, Man United on Wednesday night, you're probably going to want to go a bit more solid in midfield. But... It's up to Cooper, and, it, and it's good. It's good for Steve because it gives him plenty of options, plenty of players to, to try out, and you know he's pretty much now got that solid base. Anti now he can you know maybe make little tweaks and that to things, and um, hopefully, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see some more of everyone. Really, there's still even plays in like the summer. Really, have not had. Massive runs. Lewis O'Brien's one example. I know he went in the squad yesterday. It wouldn't surprise me now if he maybe went out on loan. That's been spoken about, hasn't it? So but it'll be interesting. It's, it's still, I know we're you know, just over halfway into the season now, but it's still work in progress for us. And we, we, we've had you know, a brand new squad pretty much. So if, like we've said on the pod last week, you know, we all got a bit giddy, didn't we, after the two back-to-back wins. But it's still just about staying up in this league and... You know, yesterday was another good point to that tally of making sure that happens. Yeah, definitely. Callum, we're going to talk about the equaliser, obviously coming from the former Bournemouth man in Sam Surridge, getting his revenge from last season when he didn't get a blatant penalty, as we all cursed the referee that day. Um, it was a brilliant ball from Gibbs White. And you got to say, Brennan Johnson's in a bit of a 
purple patch at the moment. That's four four goal contributions in the last four games. Good, good, good pass across the box and Surridge in the right place, right time. Yeah, and Brennan Johnson's been been finding that form recently, which is which was always going to be really important for us. I think um, I think we all just expected because his championship season was just incredible and he jumped up from League One to the championship and slotted straight in and was the star man um, in the league. And when you look at his stats from that season, again, it's just astonishing. I think he was still 20 at the time, um, what he did. And we kind of all expected, that was the first thing really as well, get his contract sorted out. As soon as he got promoted, he's going to be, he's going to be the talisman. And um, it didn't, it didn't go like that. It took him a while to adjust and he's still finding his feet. Um, but to jump from League One to the Premier League within a few seasons at that age, it's going to take time. Um, and he's, he's finally starting to find it and he looks he looks just, he just looks more assured and ready to take chances. And I know sometimes he could square it across the box, but he shoots and it's all that kind of stuff. But he's still, he's still 21 and he's still... Um, He's still getting there, and yeah, he pulled it across the box yesterday to Surridge, which was the which was the correct decision. That goal itself was just lovely. The ball over, um, and the cut across, and those three have been involved in the last three goals. I think it was Surridge to Gibbs White to Johnson both times against Leicester, and then it was Gibbs White to Johnson to Surridge for this goal as well. So they seem to be forming a little bit of a. Uh, a bit of a trio as well when Surridge comes off the bench. It gives Forrest a different dimension um, in the second half. So I wouldn't mind seeing that against Man United, to be honest. Um, and like you said, I know Scarpa in midfield might not be the kind of thing to do against Man United, but I liked it as well and thought he was uh, he'd carried us up the pitch well. Um, so there's, it's not just that we, we've like got a good little bit of depth, but we've also got players that can play in different positions um, and take on different roles because it's been Steve's had a, a job trying to find kind of the Lingard, Gibbs White, Brennan Johnson, Tyro Aroni, like dimension, all four of them trying to fit him in. <laughs> and now we've kind of got Gibbs White, Johnson and Scarpa or Surridge and maybe now Chris Wood, now that he wants it, might switch back to Lingard. So we've got a fair a fair bit of variety to kind of call upon. And Steve seems to know what to do when the time's right as well. So it's a really good goal. It came from Surridge coming off the bench and those three worked together again for the third time in two games. So, so yeah, it was a really good goal and just eased all of those kind of nerves because throughout the game, like Lee said, I don't think it was was like the worst game. It just it because we were losing it, it felt like it at the time. It was like oh, this is this isn't good. But then when we equalised and the game was over and you took a breath and everyone around the league started conceding like Southampton and uh, other teams, it just kind of was like okay, well we actually played quite well and we've managed to come away taking a point away from Bournemouth, getting those two points away from them was as important as taking one for ourselves. So, um, so yeah, it was a, it was just a big sigh of relief afterwards. And yeah, those three are looking good together when Surridge comes off the bench. I think Surridge is definitely giving Steve Cooper a bit of a headache at the moment because I thought he was good against Southampton, good against Leicester, not not the best game against Blackpool in the cup. That's fair enough. And Mr. Pennant against Wolves, but it's put himself about. Obviously, did well yesterday in scoring the equaliser. I think he's really fighting for his for his place here. At it. I just want to get all of your thoughts on obviously the two debuts. Obviously, we spoke a little bit about Danilo, um, but before we speak about him, I'd like to speak about Chris Ward. So, Lee, like, I'd like you to start off. Obviously, Forest timeline is very quick to judge players after one game. Unfortunately, I didn't think Chris Ward was quite at the races, but you can see what 
he could potentially offer, I think, if given the right service and and what he can do in terms of holding the ball up and getting players into play and, and, and such. What was your thoughts on his first start? Was you surprised as well? I was very surprised he got a, got an immediate start, to be honest, after one day. Yeah, that was surprising. I mean, Cooper is very... Um, I think he openly said last season with certain players that he wasn't going to play them until they kind of integrated with his teammates and um, trained a couple of times. So that was a bit of a surprise. Um don't get me started on the timeline with certain. You, you'd think Chris, <laughs> you'd think we'd pulled Chris Wood from Orsworth Villa or something after without <laughs> some of the things I was reading yesterday. Afterwards, it's. I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. You, Chris Wood's a sort of striker that you've got to play to his strengths. And I mean, we've banged the drum on this podcast this season when Awanir wasn't scoring and he wasn't playing well. Well, we're not playing to his strengths. Well, any centre forward needs a team to play to his strengths and. Would he did one really good thing that I remember, and I think the ball came into him pretty quickly, and he just kind of nipped it around the corner. And I think it was either Johnson or Gibbs White was in loads of space. He didn't do it very often, but I mean, it made me laugh when he went off. Within about five minutes, Lottie had put two decent aerial balls in, and I'm thinking. I actually said to my mate, I said, "I bet Chris Wood start on the bench." Thinking, all right, so now we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> It's 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 a strange one. It was always going to be tricky. I think it was a case of needs must. I think Cooper probably looked at it and thought, they're short of confidence. Let's put the big focal point up there and see how it goes. It didn't quite work, but do I think Chris Wood will be a decent signing for us? I think he might be because with with uh, Tywo out injured, we're gonna we're gonna miss. There's gonna be certain games where we need to stick it on someone, and we just haven't got anyone else in the squad who's capable of doing that. I know that people are on about Surridge being that man, but. I think that I still think he's slightly different to Chris Wood. I think Surridge proved last season he's he's good between the posts. He's if if you give him a chance between the posts, he, he is capable of scoring goals. Um, but what I would say on Surridge as well is all the games you've just reeled off where he played really well, he came on as an impact sub. Mm. Um, so I think that is a role for him in the short term because I can't see him. Cooper likes him. Cooper said he likes him, but whether when he has started. With all due respect to him, he's not looked quite as uh, impressive. Um, it, he's 24. It's his first year in the Premier League. He's going to learn. But are we the sort of team this season that can give him a run of six or seven games and let him learn? I'm not sure. Um, mm. That's not me saying I would be dead against it. I'm just not sure if Cooper sees him as being, for want of a better expression, I'm not sure he sees him as being good enough to do that. Yeah. Reese, thoughts? Anything to add? Yeah. He, it wasn't the best debut, um, not going to lie, and, and sit here and say it was because it wasn't. But, you know, it's one game. You know, what's he been here a couple of days? It, you know, like Callum and Lee have said, in hindsight, it probably was the wrong decision to start him. But, you know, if we didn't start him and there was that, wasn't that focal point up top, there'd be people out there who said he should have started him. So sometimes you can't win. And he, he tried him and it, it didn't really work. And then he, he's obviously his replacement come on and got the equaliser. But no, we'll have to, we'll have to see game four, really. I'm not judging players off one game. You know, we, we seen this, this season, we ran and Lottie, didn't we? He had a couple of bad games. He was completely written off and now he's, you know, flavour of the month. So, yeah, he needs to run a games. Um, he just looked a bit of a yard off, I thought, yesterday. But, you know, like like you said, you've got to start training with your teammates and then get to know. I know he's been in the Premier League with Newcastle, but it's a different team with us. So we'll we'll see you going forward. He obviously can't play on Wednesday because he's cup tied. So that might give Surridge a chance. I, I mean, 
you know, Sam's done well as an impact sub, but it, I, I kind of think it says it all, really, that Cooper hasn't given him a run. So does he really, does Cooper think he's the answer? Well, if he had that in his mind that he probably was, surely he'd get a bit more of a run in the team. He hasn't as of yet. Um, so we'll see. Um, but I was pleased he scored because hopefully that does give him that bit of confidence, um, which is ideal. Um, yeah. Like we said in the previous week, he was a bit like Brennan really, snatching at chances. Now Brennan got his first goal. He's gone on and he's started playing a lot better. So hopefully that can happen with Surridge as well um, in front of goal. But um, we'll, see, we'll see with Wood. You've got, you've got to give him some games first, you know. I'm not going to write him off after one game. I, I think in short term it's a decent signing because we we need some we need a, a striker who's got Premier League experience. He's been at he's been pretty much in a relegation battle for the last five or six years, so he's got that experience as well um, in the dressing room as well, which is crucial. You know, I'm not personally. I, I think 50 million is a bit steep, but that's up to the club and that's what they've done if that transfer goes through. But we'll, we'll see first and we'll see how it goes with them. Might be a cheap 15 million if we stay up and he scores a few keeps goals. Keeps us up, yeah. It's every, <laughs> you know, if he yeah. gets half a dozen goals and keeps in the league, then yeah, value into it, I guess. Yeah, Callum, I want to talk about Danilo because you posted a load of fancy stats after the game as you normally do on Twitter and and I quite liked what I saw. It was all high numbers. Um, what did you make of his debut? Obviously, I don't. Where do you get these stats anyway? You bloody I don't, like, get them out of your ear balls. I don't know. <laughs> I've got a few, I've got a few apps, so I make sure they all line up. And there's not like one that says one thing and another says the other because you just want to make sure it's accurate. There's a few apps out there, but um, yeah, they were they were good stats, and he he looked. You know, he was he's like everyone said, he's come off. Uh, I don't think he's played for a while. I've got like a lot of um, Palmeiras fans that re- reply every time I talk about Scarpa and Danilo and. They were saying that he hasn't played for a long time. Um, he's young. He's just come in. He's just flew in. He's just come off um, before half time. So he's been thrown in straight away and he showed a good bit of composure. It was a little bit shaky at times, but it wasn't too crazy to the point where you'd have, every, um, you'd have anything to criticise him for. So, yeah, I think it was 91% pass accuracy. Um, so he didn't really he didn't really put a foot wrong in that sense. Um, there was a key pass in there. I think he completed all of his long balls, his dribbles, six ground duels won. There was all sorts. It, it surprised me a little bit when I went to look at the stats because I knew he was putting himself about, but they were like really good stats for a midfielder. Um, so, yeah, he, he just looks he looks like he's got a bit of something. He looks like he's got a bit of everything in midfield defensively and going forwards. And like you said, there's that link up um, with the Brazilians as well, which I think has been really clever because even when, like, there's players we've signed and the links we've had, there's been, like, when you're trying to build a squad with 23, 24, 25 signings, You've got Henderson and Lingard from Man United. You've got Danilo and Scarpa from Palmeiras. That's kind of cheered Lodi up as well because it didn't seem like he was too happy here. And now he's got two mates and um, Toffolo and O'Brien from Huddersfield. So I think they've been a little bit clever in that sense as well of trying to get these players in that have played with each other before and the mates and stuff like that. And it's kind of worked because the dressing room looks great. Everyone looks really happy and there's a lot of dancing and there's a lot of fun. Um, So... To be able to kind of knit that all together so quickly um, and get that vibration in the dressing room has been has been really good. So he's, he just boosts that a little bit because now Gustavo's got his mate from his old club and then Lodi's got another Brazilian. And you could kind of see that as well. Like we said, you could see it on the pitch. They were 
they were connecting a little bit more and Scarpa was finding um, Lodi at points where, where Lodi wasn't being found earlier in the game. So, and Danilo did that together a little bit as well. So, yeah, it was... Um, you can't really grumble at anything that he did during the during the time that he was on the pitch. I think I'd put that it was a cameo, but it was yeah, it was a bit more than a cameo. Someone <laughs> someone someone corrected me in the replies. It was a bit more of a cameo after doing a full over one half. So um yeah, really happy. And if Yates is if Yates isn't available for Man United, it might be time to put him in there because I think um he's been bought for that. He's a January sign in and we saw what we did last January. All those players came into the lineup um and played every game. So you don't really get January signings into to have as a future player or anything like that. So um yeah we've got some good midfield options now and he's boosted that a little bit for us. I think what I like to see in someone right uh, he's just flown in from Brazil and he's already playing with short sleeves, no gloves and he's just getting stuck in. No, no base layer. He's he's on it. He must be coming from different cloth than than Scarpa, who looks wrapped, wrapped up a lot. But we're gonna go through some <laughs> slept on it thoughts. Obviously, uh, Lee Clark, TM here, um, Gary Bowling, as I lie here, ill in a hotel room with the rest of my family. I could allow it to make me feel quite shit about not taking the three, but a draw away and a win at home is the marker. So can't complain. Onwards to the first semi in thirty one years. Uh, Phil, starting Wood backfired. I'll give him at least a few training sessions before completely writing him off. So I don't know you're going to watch a few uh, training sessions, but uh, complete opposite performances from fullbacks compared to last week. Delighted for Sam Sorridge, especially after the reception he got. Weren't the best, got a point. Roy goes on. Lee Chilvers, they all add up. Would have been unjust not to get a point. David Jones, simple. Don't sell Sorridge. He's a more technical finisher than Wood and we need a variety. Jerry Pritchard would have taken a point before the game or he was unusually poor wood wasn't at the races should have been subbed much earlier to allow sam more time morgan gives white industrious again danilo looked ashore scarper's vision and passing his fire buzzing for someone lucky not to start red tricky tree ian also that is pretty poor from us but a good away point anyone in, in this league is downside was we were poor when looking after the ball and the lads must have been able to hear gary Burtles on commentary because he didn't help moan like an old man probably gone and bought a cat to kick <laughs> Um, Ali Parnham take the point try and get home Grant Fellows not great first half not particularly great second but nicked a point which is more positive sign especially against Bournemouth who we always struggle against which is a fair point to be fair a bit of a bogey side Danilo looks very short Wood very quiet Dagenham Dave more than satisfied with that point why do fans boo ex-players you know they're going to score when that happens mugs uh, Dave Bullen uh, don't overthink most players subpar Warrell very poor for goal Worst game for Surge, but some bright spots. Uh, two questions he's wrote. Can we feasibly play an attacking player, Scarpa or Lingard in the midfield? Three. Two, why is Gary Pertles allowed to commentate professionally? Um, we, I think we've answered that one about Scarpa. Or, well, I'm not sure about Lingard. I think that would be pushing it a little bit. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? 
Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries, good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spell R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. So before we get into Man United in the Carabao Cup, for our first semi-final for 31 years, chaps, I did ask on on Twitter, um, after signing Chris Wood, it was noticed that people had spelt his name Woods instead. Uh, and I know spelling Forest players' names is often a massive gripe along the Forest timeline. But I actually wanted to know what other people's pets hates were to do with either Forest or, or football in general. So uh, um, the, the floor is open. Uh, I would like someone to fire away. Uh, Reese, uh, fire away what yours was or is. <laughs> well, I've got a lot. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think the one that I put in the group was um, it has changed a little bit since VAR now. Someone mentioned it, I think, on match today, something the other week, but not putting a player on the back post from a corner. Um, it really used to annoy me. Like, I think of Yates' header away at Sheffield United last season. You know, if someone stood on the back post and just boot that off the line. Um, I think one, what will, I think all of you agree will, will be the build up to cup draws where they just drown on and on and on. They, they say it's 10 o'clock, the cup draws going to be at 10 o'clock, and it gets to half 10 and they're still talking um, <laughs> about um, just random stuff like delaying it. But they could, they could be loads. Couldn't they? Um, in terms of forest, oh, do I go for a bit of controversial? I'm going to go for a bit of a controversial one um, and say that I, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have Mullican tire at half time. I think that is one just for before the game, like Liverpool do with you'll never walk alone, for example. But you know, a lot of people still go for it at half time, and that's fair enough. And um, you know, I can't take away from getting a team riled up. It's just for me, it's probably more of a traditionalist view. It's just something before the game, I guess. There is a, there is a time and place for Mulligan Tire half time. I mean, losing three 0 to Preston at home <laughs> in the championship was is definitely not one yeah. of them. So, um, Lee, yours, both in football and Forest. Go on, Pit, I've boil some little, piss. I've got a little list to be honest. Um, <laughs> So my my big bugbear is a bit of an amusing one, and it happened yesterday on one of my games, and it was one of the officials that did it, and I had to have a little quiet word with him. Short sleeves and gloves. What what is that all about? I, I just don't get it. If it's cold enough for gloves, but you're going to put short sleeves on, don't get I, it. I used to do that. Don't get it. And I, I still <laughs> would now. You should be fine. You should forget getting <laughs> fine for you your hands fine. get your hands get cold. Your arms no, don't not having really. it. No, it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Um, just, I'd love it, a ref. To, I'd love a ref to rock that look. To be fair, yeah, right, the assistant referee, the other assistant referee on the game I was on yesterday did it. Uh, I'm not. I won't name him. He, don't, he doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. But still, ridiculous. I, I just you know, don't get it. As a kid, though, it's like a bit of a cool look. You know, it's something you'd probably see in Europe. Like, no, it's not. You, know. you look stupid. It looks stupid. It's just, I don't get it. I never get it. I suppose it depends um, how good of a footballer you are because Aguero did it quite frequently. And what it, a baller it, he is. It stinks of like a streets never, we'll never forget striker who had like one good season in Serie A and then 
come to the Prem and scored a couple and then went back to Serie A, that type of player. Yeah, so um, I'm short gonna, sleeves I, and gloves. I actually got some. Uh, I asked the, the lads I watch Forest with because we have lots of. We like old men at the game. To be honest, we've known about all sorts. Victor Meldrew. So I'll just I'll just run through them very quickly. Um, again, these aren't all mine, but commentators who fill the airwaves with nonsense. I'm looking at you, Sam Matterface. I don't care that the player who's just come on is the same height as Mel from Mel and Sue. Don't care at all. <laughs> Give me something insightful instead. Um, Judging a new player before a ball has been kicked, we've touched on that. XG, I don't get that either. How many goals did you score rather than how many goals should you have scored? What's yeah. that all about? Uh, VAR top six bias, it definitely exists. Won't be told otherwise. Um, fans who preach about attendances for big games, well done. You can sell 30,000 tickets for a big game. Come on. I mean, yeah, well done. Win a trophy. Um, <laughs> Sky TV ripping off fans, I think that's one everyone will relate to. Um Ridiculous. 3 three p.m. back blackout. Again, what's that all about? Uh, pundits not doing any research on newly promoted sides. That happens all the time. Boils your piss. I've wrote down here Alex Crook, bugbear of modern day football. <laughs> Chris will be, Chris be re- well happy to hear, hear that you put Alex uh, Crook in. Outfield players critiquing goalkeepers. Don't like that at all. I think every panel of pundits should have a goalkeeper on there. They do it with refs now. It's a specialist role. Get a goalkeeper on there. And my final one was... Um, coaching of kids team coaches of kids teams who talk to them like they're in the Premier League. I went to watch my nephew play. He's eight years old, and the coach was talking about phases of play. They were all <laughs> looking at. They were all looking at him like, "What are you on about?" Like he was talking about aliens or something. My Forest one. I will throw a very quick Forest one in there. I'll go with Reed. It's slightly controversial, uh, but it's not just Forest. It is in general as well. I think we're very quick to call people players who are getting on a bit young. So 24-25 to me is not young. If you've played under 150 games, you're not considered young anymore. You should be learning, you should be improving. Um, I think our fans are very accommodating with putting a 25, 26, 27-year-old into the he's young and he's still learning category. Yeah. Callum? Uh, my Forest one is uh, it's a little bit petty. I don't mind being called Notts Forest. I don't mind Nottingham Forest and North. But forests with two R's really just kills me inside because nothing other than the Celtic player, James Forrest, is spelled <laughs> with two R's. You're not going to go, I'm going to go and walk in the forest and put it with two R's, are you? There's no context other than that where there's two R's. It does it does my head in. I think people do it to wind me up sometimes. That's Stephen Bartlett did it, didn't he, for Lingard's party? He, he, did, he, did correct, he did correct it. Did he? I've yeah. seen him, I thought, oh, well, well, I see that for God. Yeah, it, it don't bother me, Notts Forest. I just kind of see that as kind of a more of a Cockney thing, really, Notts Forest. It doesn't, that don't bother me at all. I mean, people who get bothered by that... need to grow up. Like, well, I mean, people are just going to say it more, aren't they, just to annoy you? I mean, it's just... Yeah. You know, I think I think as as Forest fans, we like to think that the outside world knows all about us as in depth as we do. And let's be honest, unless you're one of the big six, it's not really like that, is it? You've got stereotypes. You know, I, I like I watched Leeds Brentford today, and they was banging on about how amazing the atmosphere is, and and they'll say the same about Forest when, you know, let's be honest, there'll be some games at Leeds and some games at Forest where the atmosphere. You know, isn't that good? So it's just you know, that's just part and parcel of football. We'll wait till think... Forest meet Leeds next week on Super Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Callum, have you got a football one or just or that is that just that one? 
No, I got um, or oh, I wrote down Alex Crooks likely because um, <laughs> what <laughs> what he says is just ridiculous, and what he said about Lingard earlier and yeah, surprise, like oh, it's just just do your research, mate. It's just ridiculous. Just I hate people talking about teams when they don't do their research. You've got to just do. That's the tiniest bit of research. It's been out for ages, um, and then um, ex players being overly put onto games with their clubs. So like. Gary Neville, when he's talking about Man United sometimes, he's overly critical because he's trying not to be biased. But mm. then you've got like, um, I think they went into the studio after Man United's offside goal that was allowed, the Bruno Fernandes one. And Rio Ferdinand and Paul Scholes were sat there going, yeah, he wasn't interfering with play. And then I think Jolie Lescott agreed because he was trying not to be biased. So I feel like there's never really a sort of um, a fair analysis of games sometimes. Um, and then Gary Bertles as well seems like he wants to overcompensate for playing for Forrest in, in, a, in the past because he seems to hate us. Um, I, can't, I, I can't listen to it. Um, I don't know why he's so overcritical just for every single party yesterday. I think he, he's got something against Lottie as well, but um, yeah, <laughs> it does my head the, uh, the old biasness or overly non-biasness does my head in. But yeah, that's about it. Well, I think my forest one is going to be about songs. I mean, why why are we using the same songs for the same players? I mean, that's that's an annoying one. And an academy bias thing as well. Just because you've come through the academy doesn't mean you can't be criticised. It, it that does my head in as well. If you've had a bad game, you've had a bad game. If you've had a good one, you've got you've had a good one. Like that's just that's how it is. Um, another one in in football is I think people that say. They can hit one from here. Every player can hit one from here. It's, it's bloody football, isn't it? Everyone's got a bloody traction engine in the right or left foot. I'm pretty sure it's just whether whether, it's whether the direction is. <laughs> that stinks of Gary or that comment. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, it proper does. It proper does. I mean, um, one in a hundred in the top corner. I will read a few. I mean, uh, Psycho was back. I mean, he put people who do podcasts that don't go to the game or at least very least seen the goals they talk about. And I think we thought it was directed at us. It was directed at another podcast. Um, Sam Storage, Sam Storage, which I've heard plenty of times. Uh, Captain's log. Um, he weren't he weren't happy again about us even being bothered about people's names being spelled. Um, Tom Newton, focus spell Osborne as Os- Osborne with B O U R N E. Um, Ash has wrote. Ash Davis has wrote. Uh, when people are talking about the likes of your Lodies, Scarpers, and Warrells, knock knock it on the head that like being plural. Uh, Rob Bunton's agreed with you, Callum, about Forest. Um, Yummy Bear calling it the Premiership when it's the Premier League. Uh, commentators who Sam say Sam Sturridge. Uh, Players being forced to leave, uh, forced to run or leave the pitch quickly when substituting. There's no rule to say they have to. Um, L has put Forest fans bring each other down about tiny things uh, like that is my pet hate. Um, that Gary Bolden nerd me- media referring to records since the Premier League began, totally ignoring the previous hundred years of football. It's created an irrational hatred of Adam Shearer in my memoriam of Jimmy Greaves. Uh, Rob Nettle, obviously a fa- friend of the pod and friend of Lisa, dislike it XG, which you've already mentioned. Um, yeah, plenty of people saying about storage gives White Song uh, the same tune. Yeah, there's 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 plenty uh which are which have already been said. Uh, Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. That is a massive pay of mine and all. I mean, I hate singing that song. But we're gonna get into Man United. Obviously, first League Cup in 31 years in the semi-final. Home game is on Wednesday. Um, 
it's going to be a bloody tough game. I mean, I watched. I think I think we all watched Man United v Arsenal this afternoon. I mean, what a game that was for the Premier League. So, Reese, we'll start with you. Thoughts about Man United? How do you think we go about the game? What what sort of team would you start? Because obviously, it's we play them back to back now, don't we? We've got we've got no game at the weekend. Yeah, and and they've just come off a, a day later, a proper, um, you know, a proper full on ninety minutes, and a disappointing ninety minutes for them because the, you know, Arsenal's probably put pay to their hopes of maybe being a title race. I guess if you if you couldn't ever say United was in the conversation, so it'll be inter- it'll be interesting if that'll have an effect on them. Um, because I'm just having a look at their stats now; they haven't lost for quite a while. Since then, since Villa, which was last year now, so um, yeah, I'm just looking as well at their team from what the last round. I know they only had they had League One Charlton at home, and they've still, you know, you look at the team; it's still full of, apart from Heaton and the guy called Manu, maybe it's still pretty strong. So it'd be interesting to see who they play. I do think they will go strong because you know Eric Ten Hag seems the kind of manager like Steve Cooper wants just win games of football, whatever competition it is. And mm. if Ken Hag, from their perspective, can get them in the top four and win a trophy, I think that's a very good first season for him. Um, and he'll see, with respect to us, Manchester United favourites to win that tie. Probably favourites to win the competition, to be honest. Um, so he'll, he'll see it as a good chance where they're going to avoid the likes of Man City, who aren't in it. And I know Liverpool have struggled this season, but obviously a bit more of a rivalry game for them. So... Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And to be honest, we've got to get a result of some kind in the first leg. I mean, if if we was to get beat on um, Wednesday night, I think you'd be praying for a miracle really to get through. But, you know, if they can get a draw or if we can win, it gives us something to take up to Manchester and, you know, maybe cling on to and hold, hold on to and frustrate him, get the crowd on the back a little bit because, you know... Um, that can happen um, because, like I said, they'll expect to beat us, Man United. But, um, yeah, just looking forward, really looking forward to it. And, you know, we've never, you know, us guys have never been at this stage before. I've been watching a major semi-final. So, um, it'll be something in terms of the cup competitions. I know if you want to count playoffs like, but, yeah, just really looking forward to it. Do you, did you want a prediction as well? Uh, we'll, save, we'll, save, we'll save that at save the end. Save the end. Okay. Le- Lee, I would like to know how we approach this. Do we go aggressive? Do we sit back and, and try and hit Man United on the counter on Wednesday? Obviously, the introduction of some Brazilian flavour might change the outcome of this game. Because obviously at Old Trafford, we had no Morgan Gibbs-White available. Scarpa wasn't available to play at all either. Obviously, now we've had Danilo come in. How, how, how do you see us approaching it? Well, I don't think we'll approach the home game too much different to what we've seen at home in recent weeks, um, certainly since the World Cup. Um, I actually think if you stop Marcus Rashford, then you, you're halfway there with Man United. Um, I watched them against Palace in midweek and largely Palace did a, a bit of a number on Rashford. Um, mm. Palace are obviously more established than us, so I'm not saying it's going to be quite as simple as that, but I think Vieira had a game plan to kind of stifle Rashford and it basically stifled United. Um so, yeah, like I say, easier said than done because he's probably, I mean, I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying he's probably one of the informed players in the world at the minute. So, I mean, I'd agree. 
These are the nights we're looking for, though. I mean, I, I think you you look back to a year ago. We just beat Millwall. We were playing. I hate using Reading and Preston because I'm a bit boring, but I always I always use Reading and Preston as the two minging fixtures in the Championship. But yeah, we were looking forward to games like that. Um, and here we are in on the cusp of a, a semi-final of the League Cup. Um, I think I was around when we last got to the semi-final of the League Cup, but I wasn't kind of old enough to be going to the game. So yeah, it'll be a good occasion. Um, I'm pleased we're at home first. I know that Reese wanted the home leg second, but... I just think that might have killed the atmosphere a little bit if we'd gone to Old Trafford and and done what we'd done in the league and got a bit of a hiding. Then I think it would have just killed the atmosphere a little bit. Mm. I mean, it is. It, it, we're in the Premier League now. There's going to be a, a certain degree of day trippers at games these days. And I think if if we were coming back on the back of a three 0 loss, you'd have. I think we'd. Have, I honestly think we'd have empty seats. To be honest, um, I just think some people would have sold the tickets and not bothered and sacked it off as a bad job and saved the money for a league game or what have you. So. Yeah, I'm pleased we're at home first. I just hope the atmosphere is rocking and we can make it a bit intimidating for them. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't veer too far from the game plan other than <laughs> come up with something for Rashford. Do you want to say anything, Reese? before I... I yeah, I think, I, I think the more I've um, thought about it, I think that was a response when the, the, the draw first came out, but the more I've thought about it, I probably will agree with Lee. Um, it probably... That is a very good point about, you know, if we were to go up to Man United and get hammered, then people would probably be like, oh, well, I won't bother and I'll try for, you know, the next game, um, you know, the Leeds game or whatever. So, yeah, we, we're just, like I said, we've just got to, it gives us a chance to to get something on Wednesday night and take up to Old Trafford. And that, I hope we can do that. Um, but I'll let, I'll let Callum have his say, you know. Um, obviously, Callum, you've heard Reese and, and Lee what they've had to say on the game. Have you got anything to add? Would you do anything a bit different? Would you go for a bit of an element of surprise and maybe get at United? I mean, I watched them play from the back today and it was very hit and miss at times. Yeah, I think they're just um, they're scary at the moment. They are in form and I think that loss for them today has come at a really good time for us because... Um, it may not knock them much, but it's better than them coming into it after a big win away at the Emirates, which drags them in a little bit points wise towards the uh, towards the top. So um, I don't know. I would look to I would try to stifle them a little bit at the city ground. If we can take anything to Old Trafford, then um, it's just one game really. So they they struggled. I mean, they were okay away to Palace, but they didn't take. They only took a point away. So if they if they come away from the city ground having drawn nil nil one or something like that just take a, a clean slate to Old Trafford then it's just a one-off game and that's when you can kind of try and go at them maybe and then bring the element of surprise I know we got we got beat badly last time but I think we were I don't know it was one of those games we had the offside goal there as well which kind of seemed to knock the stuffing out of us again um it's difficult it's going to be difficult two legs against Man United I said before the draw that if you get um if you get Man United it's going to be one of those like you you need a game where it's a one-off game really but when you come up against a team of that quality over two legs it's much more difficult so if we can try and make it just a one-off game in the second leg um then that's it. But it's it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of to kind of know what to do really. Um, I would love to stifle them first leg. If we can nick a win, then perfect because that's that's what you want to take away. Maybe a one goal, 
a goal lead to Old Trafford. But I think uh, I don't know. You just want to you just want to not lose that first leg because then it's an uphill battle in the second leg. So it's difficult. They're a really good team, and yeah, they're favourites to win the whole thing probably. So um, I'm just really happy we've we've made it there. We can say that we've uh, we've got a quarter final of the FA Cup on the CV last year, semi final of the League Cup this year, sat thirteenth. <laughs> Sorry, sat thirteenth. So if we can. Um, if we can stay up and have a semi-final of the League Cup honours for this season, then that'll be a big success. So, yeah, just got to take it in our stride and enjoy it. And like like Lee said, it's not red nor pressing, thankfully. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to it. But for me, I'm just hoping we're not, if we do go and, and get a goal, I just hope we don't go into our shell like we did against Wolves, because if we do that, we'll get punished because Man United are a far better side than Wolves. And, I'm not sure about about you guys, but I'm a little bit greedy. I mean, I won't mind winning it and getting into Europe. I know that's a bit of a jump. It's such a quick time, but we're in it to win it, aren't we? Really, like that's 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 the the aim and the dream. Really, like let's get let's get this club back into Europe. That would be brilliant. So it's going to be tough, but let's go around everyone for for a first leg prediction. Obviously, I don't think it'd be a bit difficult to give two legs. Obviously, not knowing from the first. So, Reese, we'll start off with yourself. Yeah, I think that's a dream now we've got promoted into it's to try and get into Europe. So yeah, we want to go um, to like Gibraltar um, away, don't we? Or yeah, we, you know, <laughs> we, want, we want some more, don't we? Faroe Islands, Luxembourg, whoever it is, Israel, <laughs> who cares who it is? But, you know, that I'm trying not to think about that because we are actually... Three All the glamour European sides, you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Gibraltar, Luxembourg and... Which is, I just want the generally the worst team away I just don't care where it is as long as it isn't in the UK because it, it'd be so far as to get like Aberdeen or someone and then get beat on to I know <laughs> Burnley nearly got beat by them, didn't they? a few years back um but yeah like, I'm not trying to think about that because we're, we're only three games away from it um it'll be interesting to see how United react after today um like Lee says I mean Marcus Rashford at the minute is on absolute fire and that that finish today was lethal um, you know, no keeper in the world, I don't think would have saved that. But um, I generally don't think we'll lose on Wednesday. I generally don't. I generally think we'll get a result out of it. Um, and, you know, my heart says we'll nick it 1-0. But I think if someone was says EAI is a bit of money to put on a bet, I would go for a 1-1 draw. Um, something that I hope doesn't happen if we do. And people call me a miserable fucker, but I don't care. Is I hope we don't get. And he just can't get enough. I hope we don't get any Cooper fist bump because it's half time at the end of the day. And you know, I don't, I, if say if we win one nil on Wednesday and you see all that celebration going on, that'll just give Man you their team talk for the second leg. And whatever happens on Wednesday night, it's just half time. And I don't care if anyone says I'm a miserable fucker for that. It's just how I feel on it. But um, I generally don't think we'll lose. So I'll go with one one. But you know, hopefully. Um, yeah, the atmosphere's got to be up and I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be a great occasion, like we've said. I'm just really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Generally, am. Lee? Yeah, I, I totally agree with what Reese has just said about the, the not getting too carried away. I mean, I was just having a quick Google search there. Wasn't there a, a League Cup semi-final between Palace and Liverpool when I think Palace beat them 1-0 um, at Selhurst? <laughs> and Clinton Morrison in his interview said something like Liverpool were the first team the worst team they've played all season or something. He, he, it was typical Clinton Morrison. We, we've heard the bollocks. He talked now as a pundit. Um, <laughs> but it was it was something along those lines. Um, and I think they got battered in the... I can't remember what the score was. Yeah, I think it was 5-0. Simon Jordan yeah, it, mentions it quite a bit on TalkSport. 
Yeah, so I I'd agree with that. I'd, 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 a hat trick yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely no, just can't get enough. I'd, I'd be careful what anyone's saying in the press. Send someone quite professional out to do the interview, that sort of stuff. So, um, I'm going to be optimistic that I, I actually think we might win um, on Wednesday night. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what's giving me this. Um, I just think we'll be up for it. Um, I think it'll be slender though, um, and I think it'll still be a challenge to progress to the final. Um, I'll go for a two-one win. I don't think we'll stop Rashford. I think he will score, um, but I think we will take a one-goal lead to Old Trafford. Wow, brilliant, uh, Callum. Yeah, I agree with what Reece said as well. I don't want any celebrations um, after the first leg if we win or anything like that. Um, it is just half time. Um, and yeah, the, like you said, uh, anything can happen. Crystal Palace and Liverpool in the second leg and everything like that. So um, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to copy Reese there. I don't think we'll stop Rashford, but I don't think we'll lose. So I'm going to go one all as well. Um, as in form as Rashford is, we're in form at home and haven't lost in eight uh, there. So yeah, one all. I think we'll take that to Old Trafford and then it's just, I think we'll draw Old Trafford as well, to be honest. So, I don't know. I think it might be one of those where it's a tense penalty night again. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll draw and I, I hope we do. I'd love to win um, and go with Lee's prediction. But, uh, they're, uh, they're a different beast and so is Rashford. But, uh, so are we at home. So, so yeah, let's have it. Yeah, I'm in agreement with with you all. I hope common sense prevails. But there were, if, if, if the club, if we happen to win and the club didn't play just can't get enough. There will be some people going, Where, where's the song? Like, like, you just know it will happen. That's not as being like miserable as well. You, like we've all said it, you know, it's half time. And I just wouldn't, if that does happen, and you know, fingers crossed it does happen, I just wouldn't want to give United anything to cling on to. Look at these lot. I think it's just being grounded, isn't it? It's not getting yeah. too carried away. And, and like Coop, you say, Coop it's, it's half-time. the exact same as well. Yeah, he will be. He will be. I mean, he wasn't giving fist pumps when we were still in the relegation zone and we won a game. So I expect the, the same from him anyway, because he's he's a very clever man. So, no, I'm going to go with, I think, a 1-1. I think that will probably be a good result regardless. I think if we... I do think it'd be a little bit detrimental, maybe, if we did lose at home, because we've had such a good home record since... Uh, as losing to Fulham I believe it is so it, it, we've got to keep that going I think that's that's so pivotal to our season and obviously another cup run has been such a good thing for us in this club obviously that that Tottenham game was a little bit of a turning point I think and it just shows you that winning football matches just breeds confidence in whatever competition it is but yeah let's go for a 1-1 we'll take it to Old Trafford and see where we go to but Thank you very much for everyone getting in touch on Slept On It Thoughts and, and Pet Hates in Football and at Forest. Um, we hope to bring you another podcast with a, maybe going into Old Trafford with either a, with a result of, of some sort. But Callum, thanks for joining us, obviously, as a, as a guest. We'll probably have you come on again in the future. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. No problem, but, Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Anyway, take care and come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. 
you know, if you also want to talk to someone in conference, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.